Hello and welcome to our 10th episode of the Combined Impact Podcast. I'm Shari and I'm joined by Ila. And as I mentioned, this is our 10th episode. <laughs> and our last episode for this year as well. We are rounding off with a very interesting topic. Uh, it is about conspiracy theories. We've had a lot of those resurfacing yeah. this year. New ones that joined the club. Uh, just a lot of conspiracies overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very weird year, and it's not surprising. Has. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess the most surprising part about it was that usually conspiracy theories are just around uh, in other circles, but this time yeah. it made its way into our circles as well. And we were really wondering how how do you uh, deal with conspiracy theories? How do you talk to people about conspiracy theories? Yeah. Who believes in conspiracy theories? So, yeah, it was a... It was a really good discussion, and I am so glad that we got to have it with the guest that we did, yeah. because he is also a very mindful and considerate person. So. Yeah. yeah, so insightful. I always learn a lot from him, so yeah. I'm always uh, grateful to have conversations with him. I always leave more uh, uh, as if I've learned something new and so even so, in yeah. casual conversations. Yeah. Like, wow, yeah, that's a perspective I've never considered. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very cool. So, as you can tell, we absolutely adore Kevin. Yeah, uh, it's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, Kevin Trump is our uh, last guest for this year. He was also, coincidentally, our first guest uh, unofficially, not on the podcast. He was our first guest on a live we did back in i want to say april i'm not sure or was it march mm, at the, the beginning peak of, of the black lives matter movement when we did a live uh about that uh, specifically yeah which is on our ig page so if anyone is still uh interested in taking a look at that and learning a little bit more about that mm-hmm. it's on our ig page so or if you want to hear more yeah. from kevin then also yeah. he he was just mm-hmm. a part of the um, crowd I guess and then he requested to join because I think we invited yeah. people as well and it, it was a really <laughs> fun conversation as well or yeah. fun it was a good conversation let's put it that way yeah yeah as I said always um, a lot to learn from him so yeah we're happy to have him this time around and as we stated this is our last episode of this year but we will be doing a I guess Christmas special live thingy or right before Christmas <laughs> that you will be having on our IG. So if you're listening to the uh, listening to this episode on time, <laughs> because you know, <laughs> we can also be listening to it in like a year or something. I don't know. But well, you can watch it back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So this that will be probably next week. Um did we have a date specifically for that? Yeah, right. We probably did, but let's just post it uh, in writing on social. <laughs> because I promise promises. Really yeah, because yeah. So if you do have, uh, or if you do listen to this on time and you have any questions or um, short things that you want us to discuss during that live, then uh, go right ahead and uh, send it to us. Um, we'll make sure to discuss. Uh, as much as we can 
Alright, well, let's get to uh, into the episode, guys. <laughs> Alright, so we have Kevin with us today, who my add, um, I just remembered, was also technically our first unofficial guest on the podcast ever, uh, which was that one time, remember when we went live with the Black Lives Matter? Uh, yeah, on Instagram. on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think it's so cool and a very cute way to round off our combined impact year with our first ever guest being our last guest for this year, so... Welcome, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give us an introduction? Yeah, uh, it's pretty funny. We kind of sandwiched this uh, in a very nice way, <laughs> like the first and the last. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm Kevin. Uh, I am from uh, Curacao. And, oh, my dad is from Aruba, if that is interesting at all. Um, and I am an animal nutritionist. Uh working in the Netherlands right now um, yeah and why did besides you, that I sorry I was gonna ask why did you choose this topic or how if you could tell the people yeah. how we came to this topic yeah uh, the, the the topic of of uh, conspiracy theories is, is, is interesting to me because I like stories in general like I've always been a sucker for stories and conspiracy theories make for very intriguing uh, storylines sometimes they are outrageous but that's also what makes them interesting yeah. and i think during yeah these corona times the conspiracy theories kind of gained traction again or yeah they never went away but you, you got new ones some conspiracy theories got combined into like this uh, frankensteinian monster uh so yeah, it's I, I, it's something that does intrigue me in a very uh, horrifying way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well I get them. Being being a history teacher, I can relate to you know when you're so interested in certain topics and aspects, no matter how horrible they are, but you want to learn about why it happened and you know these type of things. So I I do understand that need or like that what triggers or what like draws people to conspiracy theories so yeah that's pretty cool all right i want to start off with a short i guess uh description of what we understand to be conspiracy theory in order so everyone's on the same page i guess <laughs> but so technically uh conspiracy theories are defined as a theory that rejects the standard explanation for an event and instead credits a covert group or organization with carrying out a secret plot uh, it's just basically a belief that a particular unexplained event was caused by uh, such a covert group or a, you know, a government body, etc. Uh, and that the idea that many important political events or economic and social trends are the products of deceptive plots that are largely unknown to the general public. So all in all, basically, uh, not being people not believing the general status quo or the what the explanation is for something and choosing to instead believe no this probably has to do with the government trying to trick us in a way or some group having this elaborate plan for the world etc and that's generally what people understand under conspiracy theories yeah and uh, I also thought it was important to mention the difference between conspiracy theories and misinformation, 
because misinformation of course also exists but that is basically false information that the people who spread know is false or the people who initially spread it know is false and they spread it still with malicious intention then conspiracy theories can sometimes be that but sometimes they're literally just people not being able to believe um what is generally considered to be the truth and then either they come up with their own theory or they come across a different theory that makes more sense to them and then this might be a conspiracy theory and some very rare cases conspiracy theories do end up being true um i can't think of an example but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh it's it's definitely worth not um calling people idiots for believing in conspiracy theories immediately because Mm. you you just don't know enough to be able to say this is definitely true or this is definitely false in some cases of course it is the the earth is round um but and a few other (laughs) cases it's worth listening to people about it yeah well the thing about conspiracy theories is that there is some some logic employed in it as well and that makes it more more difficult to tackle than if someone would just shout something that's nonsensical and sometimes a conspiracy theory can seem on the surface more logical than a truthful explanation yeah and sometimes you can also see a conspiracy theories that do start out with actual facts and and just the way they arrive to your conclusion is very different but i yeah. think what you said it's because they do come up in some cases very much factual that people tend to believe them and yeah. as you said like in this we have in when you look back in history you do have a lot of instances especially when you look at conspiracy theories uh, surrounding uh government operations like the cia who have been deemed to be true and things like this especially yeah. in the way you know secret government organizations uh carry out plots or whatever in different countries and once these things yeah. are like i'm sorry it's very rare but when they do um turn out to be true it just feeds that whole um this balance of trusting your government and just believing it ha- they have to be working against us. That also has to do with your circle of people because I don't know if you guys have had this in, for example, high school, that whole... I'm pretty sure everyone has gone through a uh, Illuminati phase at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely heard about it. Um, I, I, I actually didn't, but go, go ahead. <laughs> You're projecting. Well, <laughs> a little bit, but... A lot of my friend group, like, I remember this one time, uh, this guy brought up the uh, video of Rihanna and, uh, and uh, what was her, that one video of her umbrella, which apparently she, like, yeah, there was a bunch of symbolism, like, people have overanalyzed that uh, music video to death, but it was, like, the height of um, Illuminati conspiracy theories, uh, like, season, I feel, back in the day and a lot of my like high school friends were really into that and that sent me into like a black hole of like oh my god i can't even i was so paranoid for a few months after that but (laughs) was that the first time you heard a conspiracy theory yeah i think so i mean you have other types of i feel like 
it's difficult for me to say if it's like a conspiracy theory or just uh i don't know because like stories like for example atlantis that can come over very much like fantasy wise yeah. yeah but it's still technically a conspiracy theory because um there's still being a lot of research like being done on if there was ever a place called atlantis the latest i think i read of that was that apparently it was a place in the sahara that just got dried out so people generally use like very um yeah just factual uh or like historical facts to try to justify certain things and it's just very interesting to look at well it, it's it's kind of a, a question as well um because there have been conspiracies uh unearthed or leaked by whistleblowers mm-hmm. but most of them weren't necessarily conspiracy theories before it it got leaked yeah the information got leaked so i i actually can't think of a, a case where a conspiracy theory that was alive before there was like any any proof that that got confirmed oh wow it almost seems like a conspiracy theory lives uh in its own realm in like the imaginations of, of men and it doesn't necessarily uh yeah re- reflect reality whereas you have conspiracies that have been yeah revealed to be as such but then they were revealed by credible sources okay yeah yeah i guess that is part of it right because everything that we know to be true um now have been observed and described by someone or a group of people and um the same counts for conspiracy theories somebody observes and describes what's going on and i guess it depends on the person who's observing and describing and the people who are um reiterating what is said um but if it's somebody from academia from that ivory tower then suddenly everybody more readily accepts it as true compared to yeah. somebody who is just a person who doesn't have many diplomas but maybe yeah. that person yeah. is just as smart maybe that person is just as capable of observing and um truly understanding what is happening and coming up with theories but maybe that person yeah. is yeah. also just extremely creative and not in touch with reality and that's what makes it difficult because with some people we're very comfortable saying what they say is true and with other people we're more comfortable just discrediting them immediately without even considering if it might be true yeah well one one interesting thing about uh, conspiracy theories is it's often based uh, as you already mentioned uh on uh, observations so it's not necessarily that they are seeing something that isn't there but they connect dots in a more i would say elaborate way okay. uh because if you look if you look at the world like we are largely controlled by people in power if you look at uh yeah uh we have leerplicht we've 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 been studying yeah. uh educated like let's say we were molded by by society and there are so many rules uh, uh pretty much imposed on us uh since birth you have people in power uh whether that's because they they uh are are in government or they just have money they do have power over 
over people, but it's it's not as elaborate as uh, scheming as the conspiracy theories might make it seem, or at least uh, that's what is the general consensus. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that people can see something that to me is very obvious. It's very clear. It's you see it in your everyday life that certain people mm -hmm. do have more to say, and you do kind of uh, your your life is largely controlled. But then that that image uh, gets distorted because it's almost like you you squint too hard and your vision kind of gets blurry and you just yeah. see something else that you don't necessarily yeah. see better because you squinted harder. You just um, see different. You just see something different. And yeah. but it's not that it, what they're seeing is not based on reality. And that is really interesting that uh, they do understand like certain power dynamics and how the world works, but it's just they connect, it seems like more dots than would be necessary. Yeah. Um, but as that is legit, sometimes I feel like the way your brain works, or how I understand it, <laughs> it's just people when you don't understand uh, why something is happening, or when you don't have the answers, your mind kind of makes them up. And mm -hmm. it's very, yeah. Either your mind makes them up or when somebody gives you an alternative explanation that makes more sense to you, you're like, yeah, that's definitely what's happening. Because a, yeah. an example is for ex the 5G. Um, that's just something that has been explained scientifically for the people. But come on, not everybody is going to understand waves, invisible waves. Yeah. And it, you can see that it happens with everything that um, every new technology that gets released that is waves based. If you can't explain it in a way for people to actually understand, then they're more likely to believe other stuff that comes with those invisible tiny waves. Um, yeah. So in that sense, it is important to include everybody in your explanation instead of just coming up with something and saying this is going to be the norm now everybody uh you better like it and then yeah. start building towers around where people live and a lot of the times they don't build those towers um around i guess the more metropolitan areas I, with the 5g ones they have to build it everywhere because the waves don't really travel too far um yeah. but in other situations they just start building stuff right next to where people live or like the windmills also then they're oh like oh my god what yeah what the hell is happening like what are these things first of all and after they find out that it's 5g and they go look it up when you look up stuff like that for the first time you get conspiracy mm -hmm. theories next to an incomprehensible theory so yeah. you're gonna believe the one that you actually understand first yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> like uh stan lee the great stan lee he he said like uh in an interview when he's trying to think of origins for for villains or superheroes he tries to think simple so it doesn't have to make sense it has to be simple because that's catchy so uh hulk gamma rays bam it doesn't make any <laughs> sense but <laughs> make it green make the hulk green and that's the origin story and somehow uh people like it makes sense to me as a kid it it seems straightforward to me even now uh, when you get these these straightforward uh, explanations 
Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the times you don't have more questions because it was already answered in the most simple way uh, possible. Yeah, it's obvious. But in reality, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but in reality, a lot of things have like a more, uh, more complicated explanation that requires sometimes even technical knowledge that a lot of people lack. Uh, mm-hmm. myself included so I, I understand then that if you're googling something that the one thing even if you don't necessarily believe the one more than the other the more simple explanation uh, is going to be remembered uh, more yeah. easily yeah yeah that's very true yeah. but then I would say that all three of us are relatively um, well-versed in these things or at least skeptical enough not to believe something yeah. at face value without researching it but then how does it show up on your feed or how do you get to know about these conspiracy theories um for me and this is no shade to my family because i love them dearly <laughs> but a lot of the conspiracy theories lately has been about uh covid of course yeah. um and it always shows up from my group chat with my family uh but also on facebook for example yeah like forwarded hey look did you look at this one and um they a lot of the information they get is um from facebook because i noticed that's a thing like facebook is the one only social media that is very much uh prominent on the islands and it's really there that everything gets dumped right so that's where they get it from and that's how i receive it through those channels okay so you hear it from your family primarily yeah and it's very much i feel uh, it can be a generational thing although i do know like people in my age group that also believe these things and i'm like uh mm, i don't mm, that's always tricky to like navigate because yeah it it's more surprising i guess if somebody our age tells us something with just a serious face they truly believe this stuff then i'm always taken aback and i don't necessarily know how to react i don't know if they might be trolling me or i don't know if they actually believe it so you always tend to be careful of course and that's just regardless of who is telling you you tend to be careful in how you approach it just so it doesn't seem like you're immediately dismissing them Yeah and I actually haven't been exposed to anyone who believes in these conspiracies. Uh I know people who are let's say uh a bit skeptical uh, about the reality so they they still like they don't actually necessarily buy into the the anti-vax uh, movement for example but they're not comfortable with it either they they don't have the knowledge to they feel like they don't have the knowledge to discern what is is true and what isn't mm-hmm. uh so so i think it's also maybe important to to remember that there are people who are just undecided who kind of recognize that they can't they 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 try try to read on both things but it's yeah they they can't really make a decision on it because maybe they they don't feel they have the knowledge to do so okay well uh, i let you brought that up because i think that is a seriously underrated thing just being undecided and also saying mm-hmm. you know what i'm not informed enough to speak on this because i honestly either haven't um been interested in clarifying it for myself or i 
honestly don't understand either side so i can't say i believe one way or the other but it feels like people are strangely attached to the idea of having to choose one or the other and you don't have to you can also be undecided you can also be still waiting to see what you actually think about this so i'm really glad that you brought that up yeah i think it's also kind of um we really like to pretend it's the easiest thing to distinguish facts from not facts what's the other word for facts uh, opinions <laughs> <laughs> i literally teach this in class so anyways i hope nobody <laughs> But yeah, so it's really hard to distinguish between facts and opinions. It's really way more harder than people believe it is. And you have to have tools in order to realize when a new source is actually fake or not. When a paper written online is fake or or may not be as factual as it leads to. Especially if people are, were so stuck to the idea of if something sounds super academical and um, with all these big fancy words it must be true right and they yeah. must have a truth to them in a yeah. way as well and so it's really hard for people to know exactly how to distinguish that because yeah. our brains like i said we process certain things faster or we our brains accept certain things faster and this makes it harder to to realize oh maybe i should take a better look at this yeah because yeah. they really do try to fool you in that sense by making it look uh like an official academic paper um in some cases it like with the autism thing it literally yeah. was an academic paper by a person who made it up and yeah. that one paper has been cited so many times and then there are so many other papers who disprove yeah. that theory but still yeah. because the one paper resonated with so many people they still choose to believe it and it's legit it's a scientist who came up with that it's like um they've used yeah. all of the fancy words right like it's got the font it's got the title yeah. and the the um people who wrote it it's got an yeah. abstract a method all of that stuff so it must be true and um that's the type of stuff as well that you might know uh because of experience or because of studies for example that something could be true something seems a bit suspiciously speculative so they use a lot of non-conclusive words might have an effect or there's a correlation but not necessarily causation um or this yeah. seems to be a correlation all of those words that we've been taught to recognize as red flags in mm-hmm. science in general just like oh if you see too many of these words in this paper then you know that this person was really grasping at anything to just yeah. get this one piece of paper published um but you can't expect everybody to have the same training as we've had um so mm-hmm. in that sense especially with the vaccine and with covid that it's something completely new how can you possibly point to anything that's true or false because yeah. everything that's it's new is new so the false as well as the true information is all completely new and the people who maliciously spread misinformation know what a quote unquote true paper 
should look like. So they just make it look like that. And then, boom, you've got it. You've got yeah. your conspiracy theory. But so it's, uh, when you look at how many uh, papers kind of debunked the, the, the anti-vax uh, theory, mm-hmm. uh, but still somehow the, the, the combined <laughs> impact of all those papers <laughs> kind of couldn't stop just the one paper completely, you know? Yeah. Uh, so what is it about uh, conspiracy theories then that, that is so intriguing, that is so powerful? Part of it, I think, uh, also has to do with how the news media reports uh, on science, because yeah. sometimes you see an article and you think, I, I feel like you're being more conclusive than one study can actually be. Yeah. And you Especially go look at the source material. Yeah. And then you go to the source material and you're like, ah, okay, but so the 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 news media kind of uh, misreported it. And I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's uh, not understanding how to report on science. But it is hard because science oftentimes is not very, even, even a relatively good study will not speak in absolute terms. Because but you're not we, supposed to. No. But people respond to absolute messages. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more comforting to know absolutely if I have something in my hand and I let go of it, it will drop. Instead of saying yeah. if I have something in my hand and I let go of it, science shows that there's a very good chance that it will probably drop. Um, yeah. Also, I think it's um, <laughs> thank you so much for the <laughs> the very clever wordplay. It's <laughs> Awesome. I just need all of you to know that uh, Kevin is doing finger guns now because he... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was what, like, whatever you imagined, it, it, it looked cooler than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did. It did. I, I uh, agree. Yes. Guaranteed. <laughs> Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, but like um, coming back to that, I do. As someone who just generally do not understand scientific papers at all, ever, it is very hard because, <laughs> like, I do tend, of course, I um, believe in vaccines and what they do. Um, but if you ask me, or if an anti vaxxer was to ask me any of these things, well, how are you sure? It's like, I wouldn't know how to answer them because I don't know anything about vaccines or how they work or, you know, any medical terms. I just know it does this to protect you from that that's it (laughs) and i only know because to be honest because i know enough people that have you know taught me or told me about why it is effective but it's hard for me to be like oh yeah you know i i i I don't when i talk to an anti-vaxxer or when you see anti-vaxxers that are trying to you know explain why it's bad or whatever I don't know how to tell them that it's what they're saying or thinking is technically not accurate or oftentimes very harmful because when you look at it, anti-vaxxers, to me, it's very ableist when it comes to autism. Yeah. That's dangerous because you're yeah, creating yeah. violence. You would have never, yeah. ever in your entire life want your kid to have autism, right? That's yeah, it's like saying, what do you mean? Thing like, to say. Yeah, so like... I guess death is better than autism that's what you're saying because your child will eventually like not be able to survive these uh different uh 
measles or measles or these things and they can lead to death and you're saying that's that's super better than autism yeah yeah and it's very very violent towards uh autistic people so you know it's it's in a way you do want to debunk these things in order to make sure these groups of people aren't attacked or you know um, but it's so hard to know how to do that if you can't explain these things because again when you look at like uh, science research papers all these things it's just written in such a way that the general public is not going to understand yeah and they don't yeah. care either to make it understandable to us exactly they That's don't care yeah. that um, the general public can't understand because in their like like you uh, the perfect description you used in their ivory tower it's all that matters yeah yeah because they make stuff for themselves for their peers just to show off and stuff like that and um in some ways i understand that they want to characterize their paper as being of um high value using those words but at the same time if it's going to be something that affects a, a lot of people all around the world then you would want it to be understandable for everybody. Yeah. You would want people to ask you informed questions so you can explain it to them in in a way that they can actually understand. Um, yeah, just layman's terms. Uh. Yeah, yeah, just in regular conversational language, you can say, okay, so this is this specific vaccine, this is how it works, and um, what you're saying is that it could possibly cause your kid to uh, have autism but like autism in general works in this way and this is why the specific vaccine or vaccines in general don't interact with the processes that could cause somebody to have autism or not but then also explaining it in a way that isn't condescending or isn't patronizing yeah. or isn't yeah. um like oh obviously you're wrong it's not this and this because if you say it in that way automatically even i wouldn't want to listen to somebody who's talking to me like that even if they are right in what you're saying but it's yeah. just it's not inviting you wouldn't want to listen no. to somebody who's saying it like that no and it reinforces the idea of you thinking you're better than everyone else and yeah. you being the elite yeah. Uh, that looks down on uh, on on, on people. Understand. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not good. We we should definitely make more of an effort to include everybody in the conversation. And if everybody is not understanding, that means that it's our fault because we didn't do it in a way for everybody to be able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. There's something I could never understand. Come, I get from being a non a uh, stem major i don't know how else to describe it yeah <laughs> but like being someone that doesn't understand sciences in general or you know but uh <laughs> um always being around these type of people especially who have very elitist let's be honest the more the yeah. higher up you are in these universitarian like levels the elitist your thought pattern is and the more i was around these people it doesn't matter if they ha- they were right or wrong i just constantly had that feeling of you're being condescending i and uh, me being a petty person <laughs> just <laughs> automatically my first response is to just automatically cast it away like i don't yeah. care what you're saying to me i don't care if you're right or wrong just the way you're talking to me the way you're addressing me just makes me feel like you don't 
respect me as a person so why would I even care about what you got to say to me that constant barrier is or that it creates that barrier that is so hard to it's very alienating yeah and I, I feel like it's a it's a really fine line to thread because you want to you, you don't want to be patronizing and like explain stuff that maybe they do understand or make them feel that you're explaining stuff because you assume that they don't have the knowledge and at the same time you can't say hey just trust me i know my shit i'm yeah. i'm a genius at this because of course you're going to be projecting the same thing so you have to find a way to actually communicate the knowledge while also not being condescending yeah uh, and one thing also about conspiracy theories it's th- that they are so rich in information like people who actually mm-hmm. believe these things they'll give you names dates uh yeah. they'll tell you where like the, the the towers are like especially through which pathway it works and it's all this information that like they're not necessarily information that even stem majors know about because they might not exist within their reality like their yeah. their uh knowledge uh so suddenly you kind of have to debate them on their ground and that also makes it hard even for people who do have a, a scientific background and and if you don't then th- that that's still hard because they have information and you don't and sometimes they yeah. know actually they actually know more about this than you do yeah because yeah, it's like a hyperfixation right you zoom in on one aspect and you do literally all of the research surrounding that even if it's wrong research it just or not accurate it's still yeah. the most you know and as a scientist i guess you not only have to have all this knowledge that you need to know about a certain thing but also the all of the false knowledge that exists and that's a lot that yeah. you can't ask one person to know all of that exactly yeah. but so, then in the same way like they're both not necessarily immediately comprehensible so if even somebody who the general public would consider to be a legit source of information wouldn't be able to understand those conspiracy theories fully that means that it's difficult enough or complex enough um that it's comparable to the complexity of um more legit scientific um information but i think that one of the main differences is that they do pay attention and they do um communicate with the people who are believing these conspiracy theories and i think that a really good example of that is um homeopathic medicines or homeopathic stuff in general it's not that uh well it's what does, what does that mean homeopathy is basically um oh, how do you explain that it's an alternative to western medication and mm-hmm. um so instead of taking pills with active substances and um other stuff in it they would say something uh, with the essence of a disease or with the essence of what will make you better and it's sometimes herbs or it's sometimes um i guess technically more natural stuff instead of synthetic but it's very watered down as well um and sometimes it's so watered down that you can't actually consider it to even be containing that um active thing that will is supposed to help you but their theory is that 
it um it triggers something inside your body so your body can fix it itself itself um, yeah but yeah the i think the difference between homeopathy and western medicine is that in homeopathy they focus a lot on the patient they give you a lot of time they listen to what your concerns are they really focus a lot on the symptoms and they let you tell them everything else about your um, life and then they give you water or they give you like a tea or something like that and then you do feel like you're becoming better when a lot of the times you just have to wait a little bit and then your body without taking anything special your body has an immune system so your body is already um fixing itself from the inside but um just all of that attention and all of that uh it feels like holistic approach to fixing the problem makes yeah. you believe something so strongly that you're accelerating the healing process yourself and mm-hmm. um and i i'm not saying that homeopathy is a conspiracy theory but i am saying that it's disguised as something that it's not because i think essentially it is the placebo effect and it is people being listened to and actually um i guess recognizing what they're going through and the empathy and just all of that in general and i feel like um coming back to conspiracy theories i feel like people who spread conspiracy theories are more people focused as well they're more yeah. um they listen to what the people are saying so they can adapt their theory accordingly or they can explain it at their level so they get them on board um yeah. you can see that with other scientific uh information they don't necessarily put in that same effort it's up to yeah a science communicator or it's up to a teacher to explain it to those other people but i do uh, i do really want to zoom in what you just said because you brought up a very good point in the sense of focusing on the person and not the science and i think that's something because like we've been talking about the scientific approach all this time but one thing like people really look like we don't focus on us is the the social aspect of these things like why if you really go to the core of why conspiracy theories exist about certain governments it's because people don't feel like they're protected by their government they don't feel supported yeah um, a lot of times it comes yeah. from they're, they're forgotten they're uh they live in poor um, um circumstances caused by the government they live in just they don't get the help they need and you know it's, so these are so many different social like social um aspects of why people choose to believe their government is evil they choose to believe western medicine is not okay because if you look at all of the like the history of white supremacy and 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 just in general doctors not believing certain groups of people or or not um just not uh put paying as much attention to the suffering of certain groups of people versus the other um all of these things like all of these little tiny things play a role into the whole of why certain conspiracy theories are brought forth 
It's just yeah. the inherent our inherent need to be uh, listened to and to be cared for, and that we're we're just not being heard. We're not being, you know. So yeah. that's where these things are born from. Like when you look at the vaccines or like sicknesses in general, like it's not like news to us in the ways that have that the government has maybe tried to weaponize uh, certain diseases in the past or. Uh, I mean, us being <laughs> coming from the Caribbean, we know exactly what happens when diseases <laughs> diseases are weaponized against you know our people. So it's it's a lot like separated from the scientific aspect. It's also about the social aspects of that conspiracy theory and why it's born, basically. So that is definitely a motivator for people to because believing or researching a conspiracy takes a lot of time. You need. Um, you need to be interested or even motivated to keep that up, especially mm-hmm. if you go through the effort of spreading it, whether you believe it or not. If the fact that you put energy in trying to convince other people, uh, there has to be like some sort of, of motivation. And uh, you do notice that conspiracies kind of peak during times of uncertainty, times of, of mm-hmm. uh, anxiety, and that's basically what we're living in right now. You have like livelihoods and personal lives affected by it, mental health affected by it. And not everyone is sacrificing as much. Like some people get to work from home, others don't. Some people maybe already have uh, a partner to, to spend home with. Some people like don't, they depend on meeting people like in physical spaces. Uh, some people, their income uh, depends on tourism or or yeah. um, restaurants Island. being open. Exactly. So then these people are more likely to want to believe that this is not necessary, that all these measures, yeah. the precautions are not necessary uh, because to, to believe otherwise would be very inconvenient for them. Yeah, it just wouldn't make sense at all because why would it be considered bad enough for some people to stay at home when they're completely okay asking people who work in restaurants to still show up for work? Because then they're like, okay, so it can't be that bad if they're still asking us to be working in a place that is basically just being surrounded by many strangers in the entire yeah. day so in that yeah that that is very contradictory to what they're saying they're saying it's extremely serious everybody has to do all of this stuff mm-hmm. but you can still gather with maximum 30 people but you can still make your uh people who work in restaurants uh go to work otherwise they don't get paid or yeah they don't have really strong arguments for well, they actually, I feel like the government uh, is not transparent in the the things, the, the factors that they weigh, because they tell you corona is, is a serious disease and it spreads and pretty much anyone can get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they implement certain measures that do not really make sense yeah, they the might even contradict what the person just said uh, about the severity of it. Yeah. And so a lot this of gives the, time, you... the reason is money. And if yeah. you're a person who doesn't have a lot of money, 
and a decision on your health is being made because of money, of course you're going to believe that they're out to get you or that they're specifically targeting you so they can keep the money for themselves. And yeah, yeah, they don't care if you have money or not. They don't care if you have food or not because apparently they're still making you go out and do stuff for them while they can stay at home and decide for all of the rest of society what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so two things happen then. Uh, they create room for, for uh, interpretation for you to say maybe they're contradicting themselves and I've, uh, at least part of their actions suggest that what they're saying isn't true. But even if you're not buying into the conspiracy itself, you still, like, they still generate uh, mistrust from the people yeah. because you do, you, you get a sense that there's some bullshit in, in what they're saying. Yeah, that is simple enough to be able to understand that that doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't yeah. make sense, it can't be true. And if something else makes more sense, then that's the truth for you. Yeah. So one of the things that really don't make sense if you're purely talking about stopping uh, Corona is just schools being open. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really one of those things. And if if you look at uh, before the summer, they opened just before the summer yeah. and you're like, they could have just waited. They could have just extended the period, but obviously they're taking other things into account. Like you, everyone thought hey but okay so the kids maybe don't get super sick but you have teachers you do have parents yeah. they can still make their parents yeah. sick yeah they everyone home to their families yeah. literally really everyone followed that train of thought it's hard when you because the truth is or the fact is we live in a post-capitalistic society in which profit um is where we take profit over human lives it's just mm. how it is yep um it's and because of that the decision. Yeah, it's literally about okay, let's make sure not to lose that much money and keep the economy going, uh, yeah. despite the lives lost. That's just a simple fact. And um, so, of course, <laughs> how else are you supposed to take it when your government cares more about the money than they care about you? Yeah, like I see that like every trade day. that they're willing to make. It's yeah, so like I'm, I'm like I'm a teacher right now. I'm teaching, and I don't. I can't tell we're in a pandemic because I literally am in classrooms full of uh, 30 or more kids every day. Um, yes, sure, we have rules about wearing cop or face masks and, and all of these things, but it doesn't matter. And I'm, yeah. as, as much as we try to implement different ways of, like, I guess, protecting ourselves um, at school, it's still kind of irrelevant at some point, especially when you're walking around with so many people in the same building and it's just... And a lot of the times people don't take it seriously either. So, I mean, how can you expect kids to take something seriously that adults don't take seriously themselves? Yeah, you know? exactly. That's the example. <laughs> yeah. So, especially if your government is like, oh, sad, like, I don't know, uh, please stay inside, you know? <laughs> we strongly and, advise. I strongly advise. And also then our, uh, when you know, the king decides to go on vacation to Greece in the middle of a pandemic. And then he has things. to receive hate to decide to come back and be like oh whoops sorry like really and every he we would assume that he's smart and everybody (laughs) surrounding him and his family we uh, i feel what we i mean the royal we for lack of a better term but 
Um, Wait, let's just say that it is. I, I don't know what the rules are about speaking against uh, the king, um, so that's not. <laughs> I oh, meant actually, a hypothetical yeah, there are king, rules. They, yeah. There are rules. Yeah, oh, no. There are. But, so that's so not. Sorry. It's fine. But we all got the point. It's definitely like, it's very frustrating when you have people that are in power, not only in the Netherlands, but everywhere, that are just like reckless. And then you expect the the public to follow certain guidelines and rules and stuff like that and fall in yes. line basically. Yeah. But it's so it's really hard and very stressful to be on the side of like, yes, uh, we need to keep everyone safe and everyone should be following these rules, but nobody wants to. And of course, people are gonna try to find all these um, theories that fit to their narrative of not wanting to be stuck inside. Like, yeah. you know. Well, you also know, as as a kid, uh, and it depends on how much leeway you had to kind of provide counter arguments to your parents. But <laughs> as a kid, at least you would have those thoughts when they tell you, "Hey, you can't do this," and you're like, "Huh? But you do that. Why can you do yeah, it? Exactly. And I can't." Or all um, the time. <laughs> You keep finding loopholes that it's not necessarily yeah. that you believe it, but you you just whatever they told you was not convenient for you at the time, and you're finding ways to kind of undermine their message. Yeah, yeah. and that is also fair, what right? happens. Yeah. yeah, and that is also what happens. Cool. Like when mm-hmm. when they say, "Hey, we're gonna do this," and I don't like the the measures that they gave me, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, but why are we doing this, and we're not doing that? Why is that still open? That doesn't make any sense." Yeah. Why? Why did we close that? That doesn't like you. You can see the the pie chart of uh, <laughs> the sources of most infections and look at the measures where they decided to to kind of curb the disease. It doesn't really match. Yeah, and then yeah. It, especially as you said, if they don't give you the true reason, or if they're not completely transparent about the yeah. reason why they came to that conclusion then it's i mean oh. yeah it's, it's not very it understandable that people it. yeah that they're not gonna trust it they feel betrayed they actually believe that the government is out to get them and all that stuff yeah. um so yeah it's it's definitely being included being considered and um also true the people who are making the decisions truly have to understand who they are talking about and mm-hmm who this, these measures are going to affect. And I think that they honestly don't. No, they there's are a huge going. disconnect. Yeah, there's, there's a, a huge disconnect between they, like... They their bubble. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. But then, so the, in this, the COVID situation, the government is living in a bubble. And in um, situations of vaccines in general, the scientists are living in a bubble. Um, with 5G, I guess the people who are at the telecom people are living in the bubble <laughs> as well. So these are all the organizations or the instances that are in power or that are calling the shots. They don't care to go into conversation with the people who are believing these conspiracy theories. And then there's no way to, um, I guess, combat that or work against conspiracy theories spreading because you you just aren't interested in going into that conversation or you leave it up to no. somebody else. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 hard to know what the solutions are to stop misinformation because 
it transcends so many things like classism, elitism, uh, capitalism, all of these things play a role in why people can't meet each other halfway. Now, of yeah. course, there are like uh, boundaries, I feel, of course, because like some conspiracy theories are very much uh, racist and ableist and all these type of things that I do believe it's just there's no meeting someone halfway yeah. in that sense. I, I wouldn't know what the solution would be for conspiracy theories, but I think we do start with dismantling a lot of those like barriers when it comes to how we communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to meet someone halfway uh, uh, content-wise with what they're saying, but you can acknowledge where they're coming from. So you can acknowledge, Mm -hmm. hey, understand this is affecting your life and maybe this is a bigger trade-off for you uh, and you're not being taken care of, for example, or, well, in certain cases, like you said, uh, Shari, the, where they're coming from is not a good place. So with the, with the anti-vax that they're mm-hmm. ableist and they're kind of terrified of having a, a kid with aut- autism, yeah. then maybe that's not something that you want to acknowledge, or at least you don't want to tell them that's okay. Uh, it's the same with the birtherism, uh, regarding Obama, uh, that he oh, wasn't born God. in the in the U.S. That was just oh. pure racist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's no point in meeting them halfway. But certain things, I think you 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 can definitely start by acknowledging, hey, you have valid concerns. Uh, you are not being taken care of. Uh, sometimes you you are in a somewhat vulnerable, uh, if not almost helpless situation, because you're not getting help from the people who are saying they're helping you. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a good place to start. Yeah. I think maybe for me, what becomes clear often is just, it's not even about the information. It's not even about the, you know, the facts. It's just simply the transparency or the uh, education in the sense of, Maybe we can't combat anti-vaxxers and we can't meet them halfway, but what we can do is destigmatize autism, destigmatize mental illness, or not to put them all in the same bubble, but destigmatize, you know, all of these like things surrounding Mm -hmm. like autism, ADHD, uh, all of these um, type of uh, things that we stigmatize so much and we just like bury, right? Because it's not status quo. Um, all of these things but also racism that's something we don't often like to talk about or bring to the front because it's very uncomfortable right (laughs) or just yeah so it's it's about destigmatizing and just being transparent and these are the things this is what this is um the more we talk about these things the less i guess alienated it seems or just just not into our peripheral vision i guess yeah the more normalized yeah. it becomes and the more I think people don't demonize these things. Okay, so what role does social media play when it comes to conspiracy theories? Social media is, well, it, it depends on where you are, to be honest, because I do hear stories that conspiracy theories are especially popular on Facebook. Uh, and... I think it's because of the the algorithm. Facebook gives you kind of a, a bubble feeling, 
that is not only related to the people that you know, because you can know people who are anti uh, uh, the conspiracy and you know people who are pro it. But if Facebook realizes, hey, you are more inclined to believe a conspiracy, it will decide to show you predominantly this, like disproportionately you'll see more conspiracy theories. So it really feeds on your, your uh, worst impulses or best impulses, depending on what you're looking for <laughs> during that time. Facebook really reinforces whatever it is that you're, you're seeking. So in terms of uh, confirmation bias, uh, social media can really play a role in, in that. Yep, I completely agree. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that they're after is to have people be on their platform as long as possible. And um, I I can't really speak on what their intention was initially when they started, but what it is now is that it spreads conspiracy theories and it spreads hate and it spreads lots of things that you maybe wouldn't want to be spread. Um, but yeah, it's true. If they realize that you're more likely to click on conspiracy theories and more likely to stay on the platform to read those um, articles or to watch those videos or to interact with people when it is conspiracy theory based then they're gonna show you more of that because that's what generates profit for them and again capitalism that's the most important thing to make yeah. profits um, I feel like they do make some possibly negligible efforts to tag or flag certain things um i've seen a lot of uh a lot of things for example um the officials recommend this in terms of covid or um from official mm -hmm. renowned sources we can say that this tweet isn't correct and now i'm talking about trump's uh Twitter feed, basically. Um, yeah. So they, they do make those small little efforts, but I don't think that that's enough. I don't think that it's it combats um, the feeds that they're curating for uh, people who end up in that uh, conspiracy spiral. Because if you're still going to be showing them mostly things that aren't based in reality, then what's the point of flagging them because um just like with us if we have post-it notes everywhere to remind us of things and after a certain point we don't really see those post-it notes anymore because we get used to them then you can have all of the tweets on your feed tagged but after a certain point you're not gonna notice those tags anymore it's just gonna become no. part of the feed and yeah, yeah you don't, just don't pay attention it's also an intrinsic thing about conspiracy conspiracy theories that makes makes it so powerful it can absorb any counter argument uh and become something that reinforces the conspiracy uh theory because if the conspiracy is that the the government officials are lying to you and they can't be trusted then them saying hey government officials are saying this is not true that mm -hmm. actually just confirms that hey they don't want you to know this uh, and, and that is something that is really difficult, whereas if it's any other type of information that's not related to a, a conspiracy, uh, then that that tag or that flag can have a more 
serious uh, impact, but with a conspiracy theory, people don't people not believing in what you're saying actually confirms your idea that there is a conspiracy going on. Yeah. I think that's a danger and that's why people need to learn uh, or we need to do a better job at uh, teaching and how to spot out what is fake, what is real, etc. or how to do your own little, I guess, research in that way or just to know because it's 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 very dangerous at some points it becomes very dangerous when you because you have some conspiracy theories that are at times harmless but then you have those that are very very harmful and that can have huge impact and consequences you know especially when it comes to vaccines especially when it comes to because it's not only affecting you the non-believer it's affecting the people around you who do believe and do get vaccinated so It's definitely, I think, um, the role of social media cannot be understated in the way they feed, actually, uh, the misinformation. And And it's where we're spending a whole lot more of our time now. You can choose to live IRL and with the people around you, or you can choose to live online or spend your time online. And now, all of my interactions are online with my friends. And in IRL, I don't see anybody. I maybe see somebody from the supermarket if I go to the <laughs> supermarket because I order my groceries now. But those aren't the people Ooh. that I'm discussing theories with or um, those aren't the people who I go to to ask if something is true or not. Uh, so everything yeah. is online. And I think they severely underestimated how big of an effect that can have and then to take months and months and months to come up with some small not very effective fix to the problem uh it it just doesn't seem to be enough yeah one thing that i read which is really interesting uh is that maybe one of the most powerful things you can do when you're you're trying to talk to someone who believes in a conspiracy is by by kind of going with that conspiracy and just asking how uh, likely is it that such a big elaborate uh, thing can be kept quiet for so long. So if you look at actual conspiracies in real world, they leak at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they leak because... Uh, the more people you involve in your conspiracy, the more likely it is that someone will uh, will say something. Even, mm-hmm. Maybe someone who shouldn't or someone will leak it on purpose. But for example, in, in Wuhan, uh, before the, the, the COVID SARS was even uh, verified, there was the doctor who kind of accidentally leaked it by telling his friends, hey, we see some symptoms here of something that might be a new form of SARS. And then that leaked and that man became like a, a, a whistleblower, which was even yeah. like accidentally. So how can that kind of leak so fast? But then we believe that the virus was was man-made, but no one leaked it. And there's so many people going along with it. So many countries working together. What is the likelihood of such an elaborate thing of phone companies, for example, if you want to incorporate the 5G thing? 
uh, working together with the government, working together with the scientists, all like trying to 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 control you in this this really intricate complot. Uh, but somehow there's no one with proof. There's no one who can like. There's no leaker. No, like that is very very unlikely. If you look at, for example, people who say the moon landing is fake. This is an interesting am, one. Yeah. I am not like a video technical person. So I can't tell a real video apart from a fake one. So if someone tells me, hey, I'm an expert, this is real. And another person tells me, hey, this is fake. How am I going to discern which one is real and which one isn't? So I can't really kind of, you can't convince me on on those grounds because they are similar and I am not in a position to actually make the decision. But if you look at when uh, that took place, the moon landing, it was during the height of the Cold War. Russia and the U.S. were like in engaged in really aggressive counterintelligence, like both wanting to be the first to to reach the moon. Yeah, the space. So race. exactly the space race. So then you can argue if uh, that video was somehow doctored. Don't you think it would have been scrutinized by by Russian uh, scientists, spies, whatever? They would have had people in NASA. Don't you think they would have found out that it wasn't real? What is the, the likelihood of something like if it's if it's so fake? Because apparently you can tell if a video is doctored or not. Um, then definitely uh, Soviet Russia would have said something about it. No, but that's well, really true though because. In that sense, Russia would have used anything they could to disprove uh, the U.S. And that's also very interesting because I do wholeheartedly uh, believe or see how conspiracy theories, or in that way, might have been given birth, especially in the Cold War. But that's a whole other <laughs> discussion. We're not gonna get into. But <laughs> different episode. But that is a very good point, I guess, indeed. Like, at some point, these things do come out, I feel, or if it's fake, it's almost impossible to keep these things secret. Yeah, since I believe that we covered a lot of ground, this is definitely one of those conversations that we should continue and we should uh, brainstorm with each other to see how, what the best way is and, um, and why we are so... I guess grossed out by it or maybe not willing to engage and this is definitely something that you have to like sit still and think about um i believe that conversations should be held as much as possible in a in, always in a respectable way with everybody try to understand where they're coming from um also have your own boundaries of course if it's just pure hate or if it's just a hateful person yeah. of course don't engage like there are limits of course yeah 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 <laughs> there are definitely always limits so um yeah I, I hope that everybody enjoyed the episode i hope that everybody enjoyed listening to kevin thank you <laughs> so much for being on this episode is there anything like any closing words that you would like to share with the listeners Oh, final thoughts of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no, uh, thanks for having me. I think uh, uh, with conspiracy theories, 
especially when they're harmless, they are very interesting and even fun to engage in, to be honest. Uh, and it's really important to remember that the people who do believe them oftentimes have a reason for it, whether it's a good reason or not. It's important not to like look down on people or think that's a reflection of their intelligence because it's proven that uh, to, to even follow like those, those uh, trains of thoughts, you have to be very intelligent. So it's not, uh, yeah, something you should look down on. It's totally okay even if you discover that you've been believing in a conspiracy theory or you, you've been believing something that maybe isn't true that's also fine. We're saturated with information. It's, it's, it's hard for everyone to know everything. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think as long as we start from that standpoint and have an open conversation with people we would like to, to we would like to be, uh, or we would like to think that are also open and at least have good intentions, I think, uh, yeah, it, it should be okay. So good vibes, positive vibes, more vibes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
que mais pra duna, me saque mais pra Se vou queimar ainda, posso andar pra Inhame Quem vai no caminho, me tarefa me barrio Tem me outro dia, bota Inhame noite Ele tá sempre bem chivas E vou saber quem me tá E eu na mita baiendo Mini falta na Eu não tô entendendo Bombissami com o boquemino Bombissami com o boquemino Botanami muito crédito Mindinha pra seixi Usa, usa, mané morre no lorus Usa, nunca vou bombissami com o boquemino Algo pra me saco nota uega E você tem que imitar E eu na mita baiendo Mini faltina E eu chorando tá rendendo Bombissami cubo que mino Bombissami bombes temino Botanami muito crédito Mas Mininha pra seixi Usa, 